0: Welcome to the Mountain Brook Baptist Church podcast. We pray that this message will help you in your walk with Christ. Our current sermon series is Gearing Up for a Fantastic Fall. The title of Dr. Dorch's sermon today is Lose the Clutter. The big idea is whatever we might need to set aside in order to pursue God's high calling will be more than worth it in the end. Well, here at Mountain Brook Baptist Church, we are gearing up for a fantastic fall. And our worship this month has focused on the steps that are necessary in order to prepare for such an experience. We've emphasized the basics, and there is nothing in faith more basic than to believe in the Lord Jesus, for you will be saved. And then last Sunday, to consider the importance of dropping whatever excuses may be preventing us from knowing God's power at work through our faith in the risen Jesus. And today, as you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me to Philippians, the third chapter, beginning with the second verse, as we consider how critical it is for us to lose the clutter, that which keeps Jesus from having the space that he needs in us. The word of God as it comes to us in fulfillment, Paul writes, watch out for those dogs, those men who do evil, those mutilators of the flesh, for it is we who are the circumcision, we who worship by the Spirit of God, we who glory, In Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If anyone else thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for legalistic righteousness, faultless, faultless. But whatever was to my prophet, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ, what is more, What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. May God add his blessings to this, the reading of his word. It's been about a decade or so that we first saw a new business model emerging in American society, one that was based around helping people to get their lives better organized. The market... For this new business model consisted of busy housewives who just didn't have enough time on their hands to keep things around the house as neat and tidy as they wanted to do, or single young adults who had moved into the labor force and were trying to get ahead and to make their mark, and they didn't have the time either, and so what did we see? We saw the emergence of celebrities like Marie Kondo and the explosion of books dedicated to something called feng shui and other ways of bringing your living space into harmony and, and balance. We saw we saw the establishment of impressive brick-and-mortar stores like the container store in the Buckhead section of Atlanta and even even in some of our more trendy big-box retailers like Target, you go in and you look at the home improvement section and it is remarkable the changes that have taken place in the last 10 or so years, yesterday, yesterday I was driving to the church for a funeral and I got behind a big truck that was loaded with garbage. No, it wasn't, it wasn't the same company that picks up our garbage at least a couple of times a week. This is a specialty company and if you've got junk, You call the 800 number and they'll pick it up and tote it off. It's as if people all around have suddenly discovered that when we clean up our space and when we organize our living conditions, it's almost as if we are doing something deeper, something more spiritual. It's as if we are even... Focusing on soul work, soul work, a good part of which involves, as you know, losing the clutter. Losing the clutter. You know, there are certain seasons of the year when we tell ourselves, I'm going to get rid of this stuff that I really don't need anymore. I haven't used it in over a year and yet I've been hanging on to it. I think that it's time to release it and to let it go and the fall season is one of those times when we consider how much better our lives might be if we could reach a place where we would be willing to lose some of the clutter, some of that which has just muddled our lives. And as we go about that process of getting rid of old clothes and old furniture and old knickknacks and keepsakes, it just don't matter as much anymore might we also do the much deeper soul work that extends far beyond old clothes and old furniture and old knickknacks and old keepsakes? Might we even be willing to do the harder work of looking at our souls to see what in our lives is cluttering up the space that Jesus needs to do in us that which Jesus wills to do. That's a consideration that the Apostle Paul was inviting the believers in Philippi to take on. Paul, of course, wrote the letter to the Philippians, while he was in a Roman prison. And as Paul was there receiving word from the various churches that Paul had established, word came to him from Philippi that there was a lot of clutter, a lot of unnecessary clutter that was obstructing the church in Philippi from being the fellowship, the body of Christ that God had called it to be. You know, you know from your reading of the book of Acts how special the church at Philippi was. Just two weeks, just two weeks we talked about how as Paul moved from Asia Minor into Macedonia, the first place that he came to was Philippi and there he gave witness to Jesus Christ in such a way that the church began to extend its reach into the Gentile population, Lydia, the Philippian jailer. Philippi was very special to Paul in the first chapter of his letter to the Philippians. Paul even goes so far as to say, I thank God every time I remember you. We don't don't hear those words of acclamation made by Apostle Paul to other congregations. Clearly, Philippi was a special place and that is why it grieved Paul so when word reached him that there were outsiders who had infiltrated the church and who had come into the fellowship insisting, demanding that these Gentile Christians who had never had any exposure to the law of Moses, they were insisting that these Gentile Christians not only embrace Jesus as Lord, as did the Philippian jailer. But that they observe as well every stipulation of the law of Moses. And to Paul, that was needless clutter. Needless clutter. So in this passage that I've read for you this morning, what does Paul say? Watch out. Watch out for these dogs. Dogs being a name, technically, that was used by Jews as a derisive way of referring to Gentiles. Paul's reversing, reversing that appellation. Watch out for those dogs, those mutilators of the flesh who insist, who insist on Gentile believers following the law. They don't care about anything other than themselves. They take pride in their accomplishments, the works of the flesh. They boast of their prowess. That's not how we came to you. Remember, Paul is saying to the church, when Silas and I ventured into Philippi, we didn't come in placing those kinds of demands on you. In fact, the only thing that we proclaimed was, believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. We worship nothing but the Spirit of God. We boast only in Christ Jesus. What Paul is saying to the church, the church at Philippi and the church at Mountain Brook, is that the only thing necessary to be able to experience fullness of life, the kind of life that all of us want to know, is to trust our way to Jesus. And there is nothing else that is required. Now, as Paul offers this instruction to the church, he's not doing it from the standpoint of someone who has never known what it's like to be able to feel good about his accomplishments in life And faith, for how does Paul go on to speak of his experience, his testimony? Look, he says to the church, now you have to understand that if there is anyone who has ever touched all the bases, I was that person. I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. I was circumcised on the eighth day. I went to the right schools. I am a Pharisee by formal training and as far as zeal I have earned my stripes by persecuting the church when it comes to what it means to show one's commitment to the law of Moses I was faultless faultless in every respect and and after Paul floats his resume, as it were, to the church at Philippi. Symbolically, he tears it to shreds. And he said, all of that, all of that to me, I call garbage on it. Garbage, rubbish, trash. The word is very, very strong in the Greek so strong, I can't pronounce it from this sacred desk. I call it garbage in comparison to the surpassing riches of what it means to know Jesus Christ. And so, whatever that stuff was that in the past I thought had worth and value, I deem it to hold nothing of significance or consequence. I am willing to get rid of it all. It is unnecessary clutter so that, so that Paul says, I might have room to know Jesus, not just know about Jesus, but to know Jesus and the power of of his resurrection. Paul is suggesting to the church at Philippi and the church at Mountain Brook that in order for us to be able to have sufficient space in our souls for Jesus to work in us and through us as Jesus wills to do, there may be some things that we need to get rid of Clutter, clutter that we need to let go of in order that Jesus might hold, as we sing, and we'll sing in a moment, absolute sway, absolute sway. Does Jesus have that sort of space in your life? I'm reminded of the story of the young couple that was so happy when they had moved into their dream house in an upscale neighborhood. It was everything that they had ever hoped to possess. And finally, they were in their home, they were anxious to meet their neighbors, the husband had to run out to the store to pick up some supplies, no doubt home improvement supplies, organizational supplies. While he was gone, a neighbor came by, and the neighbor asked the wife, how do you like your house? We're happy to have you in the neighborhood. Is there anything that we can do? If whatever you come across, you might need some support, just let us know. And then before she left, she asked this final question, and I've got one other thing to ask. Does Jesus live here? That's a strange question to be asked. But evidently the neighbor thought it important to ask it, does Jesus live here? It it caught the young housewife by surprise. She didn't know how to respond. She was speechless. Well, when the husband came home, he could tell that his wife was out of sorts. When he asked, did anything happen? Well, a neighbor came by. She asked the strangest question. What would she ask? She asked, does Jesus live here? Ah, the husband said, must be one of those. What would you tell her? Did you tell her that we're respectable people? No, that's not what she asked. Did you tell her that we come from good families? No, that's not what she asked. Did you tell her where we went to college? That we both have important jobs? Now that's not what she asked, the housewife said. Does Jesus live here? Circumcised on the eighth day, the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, Raised a Pharisee. As far as zeal, I persecuted the church. In terms of righteousness, faultless. And then one day, it dawned upon Paul on the road to Damascus. Jesus needs to live here. Has anyone ever asked you the question, does Jesus live in you? And more importantly, more importantly, have you ever asked that question of yourself? This morning, we're going to be observing the Lord's Supper. And I can't think of a better season, a better time to pose that question to ourselves than now. To see if there is some unnecessary clutter that might be obstructing the power of the risen Jesus in us And if in the course of this observance we come to see that there is, then like Paul, we need to call garbage on it and kick it to the curb. Let go of it entirely and permanently so that we might know Christ And the power of his resurrection. Which is the greatest thing to know now. And the greatest thing to know. In the life. That is to come. Let us pray. Our father we thank you for all that you have done for us in sending Jesus to be the means to our salvation he gave of himself surrendering his all on the cross that we might know forgiveness of sin be put right with you through our trusting in what Jesus did on our behalf we thank you for the power that raised him to life And how we pray to know that power in our everyday experience. So help us to look inwardly so that if there be anything, anything that is hindering the flow of your spirit may we release it. Lose it. Let it go that Jesus may have absolute sway over us. All of this we pray in Jesus' name and for our sakes. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We pray that today's message brought you hope as we continue to love God and live with grace and generosity. Be sure to check back here for more podcasts. And as always, go out and do the Lord's good work.